Hello, hello. Is anyone out there? Uh, welcome to the first episode of the VD Podcast. Um, a podcast where we at VDP talk about VDP, surprisingly, and uh, various social issues. Um, you're very welcome. Uh, this is our first time doing this, so hopefully it goes well. I'm sure it will. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to start by introducing um, the people that we have on for the podcast for this first episode to talk about homelessness as an issue. Um, obviously, you know, a very big issue um, particularly in Ireland and in Dublin, unfortunately, um, and a big issue that VDP um, works on year in, year out. So um, we're very lucky to have a great group of people here to, who are very well positioned to talk about it. Um, so I'll introduce Claire first. Do you want to go ahead, Claire? Um, okay. So I've been involved in VDP since first year, but it wasn't until about halfway through second year I got involved with the homelessness side of VDP and um, some of my friends Gina and Ashling got me into a training so I could do street outreach and since then I have become a leader of street outreach and then I also started doing a part-time job with the Peter McRae Trust working in their hostels um, and that's basically my experience with homelessness. Yay and uh, what's a fun fact about yourself Claire? Oh um, okay, sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have lived in three countries, but I've only ever moved house down the road. Oh, what are the three countries? What I asked. Um, France, uh, the US, and Ireland as well. <laughs> this is worldwide. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is the most well-travelled uh, group we've ever had in this podcast, <laughs> I think. Um, definitely the most diversity, uh, <laughs> diversity-travelled group in this podcast's history. Um, Perfect. Thank you, Claire. Uh, Rosa, you're next up. Uh, well, hello, everyone, anyway. Uh, I'm Rosa, and I'm in third year now, but I got involved in Trinity's VDP Society in first year as well. Uh, similar to Claire, started doing, got vetted and trained for the VDP Street Outreach and did that through first year, then became an activity leader for the same activity in second year, and I am again in third year. And that's my experience at homelessness, doing the soup ones for VDP. Lovely. And arguably more important, Rosa, what is uh, your fun fact? You have too many to choose from, I'm sure. I'm, uh, I'm very on the spot. Fun fact. <laughs> uh, fun fact is that I can count to ten in Spanish. Will we put that to the test here? Ooh, or yeah. have I exposed you? I don't want to insult you guys my, my awful accent, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's a mystery. Right, okay, so we, 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 are, we are accidentally becoming the most like cultured <laughs> group yeah. ever on this podcast okay uh, <laughs> Judy's desperately racking her brain <laughs> Judy's desperately trying to think of a fun fact to do with some sort of travel I can think of one for Judy actually but I don't know if she'll pick it um Julie you go ahead uh, yeah hi guys um I'm Julie and I'm in third year PPS and um yeah I got involved with VDP in first year as well and I got vetted and trained for DePaul um, so that's an, that's an activity where we go and volunteer in, in emergency accommodation centres so and homelessness services around Dublin. Um, and yeah, so I, got, I actually I got involved with VDP through homelessness, um, which is great. And since then, I've, I've done a bit of street outreach with Claire and Rosa, and they were community leaders last year. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been great. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And what's your very cultured uh, fun fact? 
haven't got a country fun fact. Um, my dog's called Thor and Oaken um, called well, he's called after Thor and Oakenshield. Do you know that um, the little the dwarf in Lord of the Rings? Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we call him um, we call him Tori for short, and everyone always thinks he's a girl. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's cuter than the, the hobbits, anyway. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you, Julie, for bailing me out because I do not have a very cultured fact. So you've really you've, you've done well to avoid the precedent there. Um, my name is Connell, and my experience with homelessness uh, also started in VDP. Surprise, surprise. Um, I have been attending the street outreach activity. Um, since my second year in VDP, um, I'm now in my fourth year in VDP and I've also, similar to Claire, I've been working part-time for, um, DePaul for the last year and a half now. Um, so staffing in a variety of their, uh, homeless hostels around Dublin city. Um, and that, those two would be my main experience with it. I was also volunteering with DePaul for a while before that. Um, so that is my experience and my fun fact. Well, it's much easier to ask than it is to answer. Um, <laughs> one fun fact to be somewhat cultured, uh, I'm fluent in Irish. I kind of oh. cheated with that because I went to an Irish speaking secondary school, but there you go. Um, so it is. Thank you. Um, I need this kind of positivity at these times. So. Uh, <laughs> as many opportunities to give positivity in this podcast, only to me. <laughs> um, so, I, I when I was going around you guys there, I heard uh, some some words like street outreach, and I was kind of confused as to what they are. So, uh, Claire, what is street outreach for people who don't know? Well, street outreach, arguably one of the best activities in BDP, and um, some people might know it as Soup Run, which is kind of its older name. <laughs> um, basically street outreach is in Vincent de Paul anyway this is what we do we get a bunch of volunteers together a few nights every week and we gather up food and like things like sandwiches teas coffees hot drinks soups noodles what you have um, and then we also have things like clothing sanitary products as well and we set out from Trinity College and we walk around the streets of inner city Dublin and if we come across a person who's experiencing homelessness or looks like they might be in need of some help or some chats, we go provide that company, provide the products and food that we have gathered during the week and just kind of have chats, have that bit of communication that people need and see what else we can do for those people that we meet. Um, everyone else here has also been on Street Outreach before, so I'm sure you have lots more to add to that as well. Wow, this strategy sounds amazing. I should really, I should really look into getting involved in that. It just sounds like can't miss opportunity. And <laughs> it's an interesting interaction when you're like, I, I get you. It's, it happens every night when you're like, oh, uh, you know, see you soon. But like, we hope we don't see you. But like, if we happen to see you, and you're like trying to phrase the situation, it's not binding. You're like, no, it, we we hope not to see you, but we yeah. we still like you. <laughs> yeah. So if you saw that, if you didn't see that service user sleeping or you would just think like. Oh, I was looking forward to talking to them, but then you also have to think, oh, that's great. Maybe mm. they find a combination. Like it's a weird, it's a weird thing to go about. Yeah, mm. yeah, because like I, I um, came across that in like DePaul as well. Like like last year, you know, we started volunteering in um, one of the in one of the hostels, like in like 
like late September, early October, you know, and you'd be meeting people then. And like by the time we'd be finishing up in, like we we finished up early in March because um, of COVID and everything. But like, you know, you'd still um still be like, chatting to the same people and you're kind of like, well, like that shouldn't, re- that shouldn't really be a thing. The whole point of it is that it's an intervention that isn't a long-term solution, you know, but you'd be talking to people that have been in and out of homelessness services for years. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, one thing I found as well, because I'm working both in accommodation services and I was also volunteering with Street Outreach, I'd be moving around lots of different hostels and I'd see like the same people being moved around all the time, but then I'd also see them some weeks who they've decided to sleep on the street or they have to sleep on the street for a week. And it's just kind of heartbreaking seeing them move around like that for such a long time over years. Yeah, yeah. and I'd get that as well with the balance of like working and then also being on Street Outreach because it is as you said Claire kind of disheartening because basically homelessness at this stage is like it's an institution almost where people get stuck in it it's like a cycle of poverty people enter into homelessness and then you just can't get out of it and you'd kind of you'd be bounced around from service to service you know people are meant to be in uh, emergency accommodation beds for no longer than six months and there's people who are there for like two years mm-hmm. much longer than that yeah. now but like you know in one service for two years like not that's not even mentioning people being bounced around like um and it it just you know what hope is there for someone to be coming out of something like that when you know very tough to get into and any education like you can imagine that's we're talking about someone here who you know has um no mental health issues no addiction nothing like that even for someone like that would be such a challenge and now you throw in all the other pressures and all the other having to coexist and live with people that you don't know that there's all sorts of stuff going on all the time like mm-hmm. um it is just mm-hmm. a, an institutional failure that like people just get trapped in this and there's no easy route out for a lot of people you know yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's really simple uh, stuff sorry Claire. oh no you go ahead you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah it's more important to say anyway <laughs> you're all too nice here you have to interrupt each other <laughs> <laughs> Right, there you go. I was just going to like build on something that Connell said. It's like one thing that I never expected, like volunteering and working in this sector is that like homelessness has become so institutionalized that some people don't want to leave it. They've been in that situation for so long. They're so used to it, like being surrounded by people all the time. And I've met people who actually don't want a house at this point or that who have had a house and they still come out onto the streets to like make use of the services that people on street outreach have like the cups of tea and coffee and chats because it can become so lonely like being in your house like in your new house alone all night and then on the other side of that there's also the idea of the housing first model I think has kind of come out of that that there's this idea that you don't need your problems to be sorted first before you deserve a house you get a house and you don't become institutionalized into homelessness and you then get your advice and your support afterwards, if that makes sense, to kind of prevent mm. this institutionalization. It's kind of a nice new policy. Yeah, because there is yeah. like, and uh, like everyone here obviously knows, like homelessness is, it's really a symptom of other things at the end of the day. Like uh, it's rare that you speak to someone who is homeless, who doesn't have, you know, some sort of underlying mental health condition or is struggling with some sort of addiction. Um, now, there obviously are people who don't fall into that category. You know, there's people now, more than ever with um, the recession in that, who are just unable to afford a house um, and they have no other um, issues or, you know, people who are um, recently arrived in the country and stuff. So I'm not saying that everyone has um, 
uh, uh, mental health issue or suffers from an addiction. But majority of people, that is what leads them to homelessness. And uh, it is, as you said, Claire, like the housing first is kind of an interesting approach to that because uh, it's like, it's more humanizing in a way. Like, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but one thing I often think about is just how um, dehumanizing homelessness is because you look at like, you know, in the in the in the hostels, if someone has to move, say like, you it's really stark when you're helping them move, and you're like, your entire life can fit into two like black bin bags, and it's even more stark again on the streets when it's like, is there even that much? It's literally just a sleeping bag and whatever they have on them, and you kind of have to stop yourself and think like, when you're on street outreach, like, wow, this is, I mean, this is it. Like, we're just happy with this. Like, it's just obviously sorry, mm-hmm. no one's happy, with, mm-hmm. but like, this is something that people have kind of just come to accept as being like a thing. And they're happy to just walk over homeless people all day. And it's like, oh, well, you know, that's someone else's issue. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, tough. Yeah. And when, like when you were talking about people being trapped in homelessness, it just made me think of the story that I um, that I read about um, the other week. And it was like this mum and this this mum has two kids. And um, and like a year ago, they, they got evicted. Um, and since then, they've basically just been stuck in hotels and, and hotels. But like, She's actually she's she's having like like serious trouble like finding a job, um because like she has no permanent address or anything to actually like put you know put on her CV, um so like it's just like simple stuff like that like that actually you know you know they make it they make it hard to um, to move out, um and like you said like it it is like a failure policy really like you know there's ninety thousand people on the social um, on, the, on the social housing list like you just don't have houses like the housing first model's great but if you haven't got the houses then mm-hmm. you're kind of houses first houses first then housing first <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it is just really disheartening yeah and like even oh sorry Claire, you won. Oh, and I was just going to say, like, even linking in with that thing about the idea of, like, it being so difficult to find a job because you're not going to just, even though, like, there are, like, the unplussed addresses you can have if you don't know these persons, like, it's just, it's, I find it so strange the way, like, it's so difficult for someone alone who lives on the streets or in some sort of accommodation service to get out of homelessness without the help of, like, a professional worker to guide them through the process like it just seems so complicated for everyone like when you're just trying to like survive every day you shouldn't need to also be filling out all this paperwork and like visiting it like a key worker every day to try and get you out of it like it should be simpler than that you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i suppose a lot of the time as well like when we think about like people experiencing homelessness like we think of like you know like like single people like say like on street outreach a lot of the time like it's people um and they're on their own or even like in Nepal services it's kind of like mainly like individuals but like there are like over the last few years like there's been so like like many like you know like families that have um you know that have, that have lost their homes and stuff and that's not really you know just really hard like then yeah and it's interesting to say that Julie because um one thing that I wanted to mention that came to mind there was about like you know we're commenting here from experience and uh as you already said Julie not many people would know that they wouldn't necessarily connect homelessness. Like the, people have this traditional view of homelessness that just yeah. doesn't line up anymore with um, what happens in a lot of cases, which is like, you know, as you said, just f- families becoming homeless. Um, even the, the idea in general that people have, not just like c- categorizing people as like um, 
it's someone who has like a um a lack of motivation or like a lack of drive or something that old stereotype like that's so far removed from what it actually is and people haven't really come around to that at all yet and and yeah like i'm sure if you ask any random person like is homelessness bad or like do do people deserve to be homeless they'd say oh no of course not but then you ask them like have you ever spoken to someone who's 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 homeless and they might say well no and like if 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 a homeless person just you know approached someone on the street and just started talking to them they'd be like oh like what's this and like in some ways that's a fair enough factor to have i suppose like i'm not um antagonizing people like that but there's just a lack of understanding and a lack of like it's almost the point where to go back to what i said about it being like dehumanizing and people just being kind of willing to put up with it like it's almost like people don't view homeless people as being people anymore it's like oh that's just a thing you know it's like oh well there's that person who sits by trinity all day um, and i just you know walk past them and that's that you know that's that it's not a person it's just like oh that's that thing you know yeah for Um, sure and like they probably have actually spoken to someone that's experiencing homelessness like say like in first year i remember like there was in like one of the hostels that we were volunteering and like there was someone staying there that was actually in college in trinity you know so like it literally could be Mm. someone in your course um (laughs) and like you know as well like when we think about like like homelessness like it's like oh like if you're, you're either in a in a hostel or you're out on the street but like if you're couch surfing like you're you're essentially homeless like if you're living yeah. in a direct provision center like you're you are like you are homeless so it's kind of just like you said kind of like just change, challenge, challenging those like perceptions that we've <laughs> yeah and yeah. i have i have memories of uh speaking to a guy in, in a door in grafton street i think it's actually at least one of you guys was there as well um speaking to a guy in a doorway in Grafton Street who was had his books sprawled out because he was studying in Tala for a level a level six um so you know it's just that's the kind of things that unless you were on you know street outreach or you know in a DePaul service you know you might not necessarily know but it's about trying to at least make that effort um and just I feel like if everyone had a conversation if you could just magically have everyone in ireland have a conversation with a homeless person if the perception would be changed so quickly and um, but just people don't really give it that chance um yeah for sure. but, uh oh something i want to mention to that actually sorry before i forget um we kind of touched on it there but like <laughs> thinking about it brought me back to like my first times on straight reach and stuff and like was there any misconceptions that you guys had about homelessness before you started out like rosie you've been doing straight reach for a while like was there anything that you were sort of taken aback by or did you can remember being like oh this is you know a thing that yeah. i wasn't expecting just you guys talking about that there and um, i wouldn't have had any really experience with homelessness or any kind of social justice issues in school and i don't think i'd ever thought that much about doing it but this was just with this journey uh, vdp society it was just something i got into and completely so my opinions changed so much i feel like i knew so little going into it but then there was such a big, you saw that there was such a big disconnect between like all people our age or people in college, like, or anyone really, and from people who would be on the streets. And like, definitely coming into the street outreaches, uh, street outreaches and chatting to people routinely, and like, you get so comfortable then. But it took a while, I think, initially. I was so, I feel intimidated almost starting off because I knew so little. And mm. then once you get into it, you see this is so 
this is so not what I thought it was. This is just chats with on the streets of people who are just like us talking about like their plans for education and it really made you change the way you walk by people on the streets during the day completely. Yeah. 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 And that's another thing, especially us being around Trinity and being in the city centre, like we are kind of more exposed to it during the day than most. Like the, the seeing the amount of people that just ignore, as you said, Rosa just like wouldn't even stop and talk. And it's just like, you know, I, I'm not expecting everyone to set aside their time, you know, of the day to, you know, to have a long chat with someone, but at least, you know, acknowledge someone and say, oh, sorry, I, I, I can't help. I have nothing on me, but have a nice day. And that's it. And like people have gotten to the point where they're just too awkward about it or something like the, just you, you can't, people don't make eye contact and just walk by. And I've seen many times where, you know, uh, a person sitting there will like try and actively make like make not make conversation but they'll say like uh, you know they'll say hi sorry do you have any change and blanked like not even being yeah. like oh sorry i don't have anything and people are so appreciative of it and because can you imagine how many thousands of people be walking by every day and mm. you don't get any responses so definitely i i would share that sentiment rosa um and it's almost like there's that saying where it's like uh <laughs> the first the, the first step to improving the world is making your bed every morning i, I like that one where like the, the the equivalent of that is like every anyone can just do that tomorrow if you see someone who's homeless you can say like oh, you can just say hi to them ask them how their day is you know that takes two minutes of your time mm-hmm. it's not harming anybody you know and um, and then the other one i was thinking of was um it's an Anne frank one that i love it's like how wonderful it is that no one need wait a single second before starting to improve the world and I know that we're getting very lofty here, but like, <laughs> but my point is that it's not lofty. It's so simple. It's just like, who would ever connect, you know, just stopping and like, no one even consider really from evidence anyway, stopping and just having a chat with someone who's homeless. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's something that is so accessible, so easy to do and will only have a positive outcome. Like you'll, you'll be like, you'll have a good chat. It'll could make that person's hour or two hours or however long they've been sitting there with everyone blanking them you know it's so accessible and so easy to do um, and so like, that's a bit of a rant. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lovely rant but even if you think about in Ireland like the amount of times you talk to strangers in a day like in shops everyone always makes little comments to each other like people say things about the weather if they see like a neighbor out in the walk like you can transfer that easily to someone who's just sitting on the side of the street like it's just the same thing there's just another person to say hello to that, that's so true like it's that easy we're all such social beings anyway even if you're not but yeah. it's just as easy as saying oh this is a horrible day isn't it or something and just, <laughs> like you can that to anyone really without even thinking so yeah tell, tell them a joke <laughs> <laughs> i'll count to 10 in spanish for them <laughs> <laughs> oh well, well that's too complicated as i can't do that sorry <laughs> yeah but it, it is as easy as that and to be honest the fact that you know this is even like a psa that we have to make is kind of indicative of how um i don't know how sort of bad it's gotten it sounds very disheartening and like doom and gloom like there is great people out there and people doing great work but like the fact that we've somehow normalized that and you're dead right Claire and or was it I think Rosie you said it like we're such social beings and like Irish people in particular I think Rosie you said social beings and then Claire you said Irish people like we're so friendly but like we've somehow normalized the, this kind of behavior that like we're, we just ostracize homeless people it's like what no that's not us 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, if I could like change one thing tomorrow, it would be that no one would ever ignore someone who is homeless. Like the, uh, you'd at least just say hi to them or something. Like, and that's the thing. It's not like a that's not a superpower. It's not like I'm looking for a cure for cancer. Like that's something that mm-hmm. everybody. Um, to break the fourth wall here everybody listening to this can do that if they want to you can change this you can make my dreams come true <laughs> listeners um, no it is so, so easy though just it, it's a it's a, almost a block a mental block of thinking that you can't say this or you can't help that easily but you can absolutely yeah it would make such a positive mm-hmm. impact in like the local world mm-hmm. a little smile never hurts yeah we've all such lovely smiles mm-hmm. and oh i was gonna say something else about like uh, following on from because i know we mentioned there about like misconceptions that we had before kind of helping out with homelessness like say if somebody was like and we kind of touched on it there if someone was like wow i actually really want to find out more about this and i want to like get involved like (laughs) spoiler it's very easy but like what did you guys kind of what inspired you to get involved like what because for me anyway it was just as simple as being like oh yeah like i got that training with vdp like mm-hmm. you know what I'll, I'll just go for it um and it was just because i heard one of my friends was doing it and i was like oh yeah i'll do that um mm-hmm. so like what was it that kind of pushed you guys to getting involved because uh, sorry i suppose as a background to that i also was kind of aware that like i actually want to try and do something about this but mm-hmm. it was very easy practically to just do it no, I'm, I was the exact same anyways, like um, I, I was filling out the, you know, the sign up form for like all the VDP activities and stuff and I just came across it and it sounded really cool and then um, and then I went to the intro night and then, um, you know, they, uh, they kind of just sold it to me, <laughs> so, I, um, so I signed up. Yeah. <laughs> they told you a great joke and then you're yeah. like, I, right, I want to learn where this came from. <laughs> Not to, I can't even vary from that, sorry, Judy, go on. No, no, go on. I was just saying the same. Ahead, I think I think I was very lucky in the fact that I just kind of walked into it as well and not knowing much mm-hmm. about it, and then ended up loving it with time, but ended yeah. up loving it. Yeah, that it was mm-hmm. pure luck. But it's a shame. All you want to do now is tell everyone how good it is, so everyone else get comes into it as well. Mm-hmm. And you, you once yeah. you start it, you could get up like hooked on that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like once you go once, like you just want to go back. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, there's such a sense of community in it because like, you kind of like, you experience like going on like a street outreach when like you kind of experience something together and you talk to the same people and you have like something in common to go from that. And it's just like a lovely, like it's some really positive peer pressure if that even exists, <laughs> you know, wanting to go every week. So. Yeah. And especially something like, you know, street outreach um, or even DePaul actually, like, they're so um i keep on saying everything's easy but like they are so easygoing i would say like you know yes there is the occasional uh challenging incident but like it's few and far between with those two and like uh, it's funny because when people think about volunteering or they think about particularly i'd say with homelessness because the perception is out there it's almost like being scared of it you're like oh my god like people do and again it's a pity but people do have that idea of like if i'm on like a street reach like will i have to will i am i allowed to bring my phone with me or like my wallet or like will it be taken like i'm sure that stuff crosses people's mind like there's this thing that like people think there's so many obstacles to this but like it is so easy and as you mentioned claire like it's it's a win-win it's like you just get to go out and have chats to people and feel like you're actually helping because you are and then it means so much to the people who are 
uh, who are experiencing homelessness because it, 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 for many of them, it's the highlight of the day because people actually are willing to engage with them, which is awful that it has to be that way, that that is, you know, uh, the highlight. But like, um, it's funny because talking about it here, it sounds like it's the worst thing in the world and we're trying to sell people on it. But like, <laughs> it couldn't be further from the truth. It is just, it's really feel good actually. Like, yes, okay, it's kind of heavy sometimes when people have, um, you know, uh, people have come from rough um, circumstances and stuff. But even then, the fact that you can take that and spin it positively that you are now trying to contribute to them, um, like getting back in their feet and feeling better. Like, there's no better feeling like easily top three feeling in the world is, uh, you know, having spoken to someone who's in a rough spot and putting a smile on their face or like having them laugh. And like that happens so much on straight reach. Like, uh, I don't mean to put people on the spot, but like, is there a, a, a favorite moment that comes to mind when you're like, oh yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if it was particularly profound, but at last year when we were making dream catchers and everyone got really into it, we ended up doing it for like um, for three weeks so much um, but one of the one of the guys um made two dream catches one for um, both of his daughters well for each other. that was really nice yeah i think some of the favorite things i've had happen is that like there's a surprising amount of like singing and dancing and like you wouldn't the gate, yeah. like, <laughs> once every few weeks you get like a song sung at you and it's like it's just so so lovely yeah um yeah and then air feels bad because you know she always has to outperform them and you know they have been the rap <laughs> battle and just it's kind of awkward really, but you know it's still good <laughs> it's like a sing-off it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. rose is there like the person we're speaking to can count to 11 in spanish and then rose just feels really let down it's it's a whole thing <laughs> yeah. no. no it is so special just when people I'd say, like, not that it always happens, but it does generally happen. People open up about how grateful they are and stuff. And it's just, like, as much as them saying, like, oh, it's really looking forward to seeing you guys this evening. Thank you so much. That's so special itself, like, mm. knowing there's already a positive impact there. And feeling like not doing too much for it either. All we do is just give out sandwiches and chats, but very important. Yeah. Yeah, you're dead right, Rosanna. It's kind of like what you said there at the very end like it, it's all relative like um and again it's unfortunate that it has to be so stark a comparison that you know um being on straight reach is like we might think of it as somewhat of an afterthought sometimes but like for the people that we meet it's so important mm -hmm. and like it really frames your day like you can be having a terrible day and just going and just speaking with people on the streets is just so uplifting um it, yeah it's just really really good that was <laughs> that was a probably the most inspirational sales pitch ever. But again, it's not a sales pitch. It's just no, you should do it. And again, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be going to straight Richard of Paul. As I said, you can just say hi to a homeless person tomorrow, and that is your foray into that whole area, and um, and it can just go from there. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm conscious that we don't have much time left because you know, as amazing as it is to be chatting about homelessness, um, we unfortunately do have. Um, you know, we could talk for hours, but Zoom's cutting us off. Um, you know, it's not for lack of material. Uh, <laughs> I suppose that was a nice closing thought, a uh, nice bit of positivity. But I suppose if there is one thing, just to finish on, if there's one thing that you could like magically like uh, inception into everyone's, everyone in Ireland's head tomorrow about homelessness, like 
whether that be dispelling a myth about it or like encouraging people to uh you know to stop and chat to people or like something like that like what would be the the, the most important thing and i know that there's a list of them you could choose from but like is there anything <laughs> that stands out as like people i'd love for people to know this about it i know we've already kind of covered a lot of it here but i don't know anything that wasn't mentioned so far i think maybe kind of think about if you were homeless like how would you want to be treated or how would you want the system to treat you because it can literally happen to anyone like the most random circumstances or the most random events like it could be you and that that sounds threatening i don't mean it in that way <laughs> just always think of it like it could ha- like it could happen to you or it could happen to someone you know or love so always remember that you know mm-hmm. yeah that's a really good point i think that's so important yeah the fact that it it can happen to anyone if everyone understood that and knew that they would change how they walk by people on the streets and that's such such a big deal Part, parting word would be just just second second guess you're walking by people on the street make sure you make eye contact and smile and wave and be as friendly as you would be to a stranger in a shop mm-hmm. and it might be awkward like that's that's natural but like it it you quickly just <laughs> you lose any inhibitions about it like it, mm-hmm. you kind of realize oh hang on this is actually good i have nothing to be afraid of it <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, I, I suppose i kind of branch off a bit and um, say that like Claire and Rosa said you know we are all one paycheck away from being homeless but part of that is down to you know it is because like we haven't got a safety net in the country to protect people that lose their homes so you know as well as like doing those little actions you know um, every day you know like if you pass and, and you know just smile at them and um, just stop for a chat you know shout at your tvs you know give out to the government for not doing enough to actually stop becoming <laughs> homeless in the first place um so yeah yeah and like that that that'd be a pretty big thing because like we are all um we're all really empowered in that way you know we've got so got so much access to the people that are actually you know able to like make decisions that will like tangibly improve people's lives um you know and we all have a personal responsibility to do that as well i think um that's that's what i'd say i definitely agree with that like we are in a very privileged position to be able to hopefully impact change like that so you know make use of it and there's no better way to inform yourself than by having first-hand experience and by chatting to people so you know um you know keep an eye on it make your voice heard on trying to make a substantial and unfortunately substantial portion of the population's lives completely better yeah. um so yeah uh, i'm kind of scared now because the notification for zoom came up about 10 minutes ago so i'm worried i'm gonna get cut off here but to quickly wrap up, um, yeah, that was such a such a good discussion. I learned a lot, um, and I'm very motivated now. Um, so yeah, thank you so much to you guys for agreeing to be on this and give up an evening. Um, it was so insightful. Um, yeah, all so well spoken and just just amazing people. So uh, everyone, s- s- snap for each other. <laughs> Pat on the back. Thank you, good Thank, Thank you, you. for having us. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. And yeah, we're hoping to make this more of a thing. Um, I know it's going to be tough to live up to this amazing first episode, uh, <laughs> but we'll try. Um, so we'll have more of these podcasts hopefully coming to the VDP Spotify. I believe that's where it's going. Um, soon enough on different, different things besides homelessness that VDP also um, is trying to help out with, which it turns out is a lot of stuff, thankfully. Um, so yeah thank you for for 
for listening and we hope you'll join us again in the future and yeah have a nice day evening night wherever you are and stay safe (laughs) (laughs) right bye. bye